Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. I, I actually miss coming to Lekki, you know. <laughs> soon. Take it as a decoded spiritual word. Please you may be seated. Good evening everyone. Please touch three, four people around you and welcome them to church. You know, good evening. How are you? It's good to see you. Please say hello to at least three people around you. Amen. You know, this is um, Valentine's period, so I'll say it again so that the guys can use this opportunity. So, one more time, say hello to three people around you. Just If you are married and you move. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I want to thank Pastor Laddie and Mrs. Shaw. I saw... Both of them wearing the same ankle. Like this is this is Ashwa B. And all the leadership of the new Lekki. Thank you guys. Alright. Oh thou oh Lord. Ah God above all the your hands. Let's take it one more time. For thou, O Lord, for thou, O Lord, our God, above all the Raise your hands. Sing, I exalt you. I exalt you. I exalt you. I exalt you, Lord. Sing, I exalt you. Hey, you have to walk fast with me. Walk fast with me, please. I exalt you, Jesus. I 
I exalt you, Lord. Father, we thank you for such a sweet presence of your Holy Ghost right here. We are grateful for blessing us with such strong atmosphere of your glory. Spirit of the living God, we know that every time you show up in this dimension, you've come to remove burdens. You've come to break yokes by the anointing. Father, we ask that let the miraculous begin right now. Open our eyes. Open our ears. And by your spirit, let tonight be a defining moment in the life of a person right here. May we never remain the same again. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We'll take one song together and I'll get into the word. Holy, holy Lord oh. It's a privilege to worship the maker of all you. Wow. It's an honor, Lord. It's an honor, just. One more time. Holy, holy, holy. Holy. It's a privilege. Make a It's an honor, Lord. It's an honor just to I'm minding you. Raise your hands. Lift your voices high. And with a grateful heart, with a grateful heart.
tonight is way beyond just teaching. Romans 1:11. Paul says that I long to see you that I may impact to you some spiritual gifts to the end through which you would be established. And so I believe that not only am I here to teach tonight, I'm also here to impact. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lady at the back there. Yes, you. I know that usually you say, me? No, but the last lady just beside me. That's what always happens when I point to you. Yes. Yes. Is this your first time here? You're attending here? Okay. Don't worry. I'm not picking on you. I want you to follow closely tonight's message because... I don't know you before. We've not met before yet. Maybe we've met in the spirit. I know you. Okay, I don't know your face. Ah, okay. Well, you know me. I know you in the spirit. So it's okay. We both know each other. But there's something that is going to rest upon you tonight. So we just get ready for that. Glory to God. Tonight, I had so many things I wanted to teach on. Everyone can hear me. Um, and later today, I was thinking about it, praying in my heart. I knew that the Lord wanted me to come here. Um, I've been saying, oh, I was going to come, I'm going to come. Last week I said, oh, maybe I would come. I said, oh, P.S., are you coming? I said, I'm not coming. You know, this week, I knew that I had to be here by the Spirit. And I wanted to teach on something else. Um, I was going to come and continue the doctrinal teaching that I started to teach at Ikeja. But coming here tonight, the Holy Spirit changed my message and what I should teach about. And on my way down here, I started to put things together. When I got to the lounge, I was able to just put some things together by the Spirit. You know, as a believer, we, we teach out of the flow of what we carry. Amen. 
and so as a pastor you don't um, you don't prepare to teach you learn and out of that flow then you teach amen so tonight I want to teach something very simple um, it's something you you've heard before it's nothing new of course you probably hear it in a different way but it's nothing you've not heard before it's something very new um, but it's going to bless you tremendously oh yeah and by the time you're done you will thank your pastor for putting tonight together I tell you um, because tonight is for you tonight the Lord has laid it upon my heart to teach on the ministry of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit and I want you to follow very closely and listen to this teaching. I wouldn't go too much into the teaching on the Trinity because I'm going to spend about an hour to help break that down for you to answer the questions in the mind of many people and to demystify the myths that many people have about the Trinity but I'm going to focus largely on the work W-O-R-K of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit and I'll just do a teaching on it and after that we'll just flow in the Holy Ghost for a bit glory to God are you ready for tonight now the subject of the Holy Spirit has been one of the most disturbing I'm telling you I've heard many preachers preach about the Holy Ghost and by the time I'm done you're almost thinking is this the same Holy Ghost we're talking about here or it's angels because there are many complications about this person called the Holy Spirit now if Jesus was going to die and Jesus said that I'm not going to leave you comfortless I'm going to send another helper to you I'm going to send him to you and when I send him to you he's going to guide you into all truth in other words what Jesus was meant to be doing if he was still alive on the earth is what the Holy Spirit is now supposed to do so what he's doing there is sort of like a substitution of some sort between Jesus and the Holy Spirit now if Jesus is no longer on the earth physically and the Holy Spirit is now supposed to be the governor of the earth that leads our daily life one after the other then it tells us that we must prioritize our understanding about this person called the Holy Spirit because you see your Christian work to live a successful Christian life on the earth cannot be done without this person of the Holy Spirit now when many believers understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is a spirit that is everywhere but you see that's just a myth because you are spirits then how come you are not the Holy Spirit aren't you holy and so you can as well say I'm holy then means I'm a spirit then holy me because holy spirit me then I'm holy spirit as well but what is the importance what is the work what is the let me tell you something you know why I came with the word of the Lord tonight to teach on the Holy Spirit it's solely because I see in my spirit that somebody is about to enter into deep reaches but requires the navigation of the spirit am I in the new tonight you need to respond like I'm in the new I say it again somebody's about to have a Kairos but the Holy Spirit is the one that would help him to navigate that part and you see whenever the word of God comes you see there are many things we can teach in the Bible but there is a befitting word for each season per time 
There's a reason why I've not been in this place for the past three months. There's a reason why I'm here now. So if I'm teaching something, it is connected to the face of the life right now that you belong to. And I tell you, boy, oh boy, I hope you know, like never before, you must understand the indication and the workings of the Holy Spirit. You know one of the things the Lord told me? I see it very strong in my spirit that January, February, March is preparation. April! Listen prophetically. The whistle will be blown in April. You better be ready to run. You better be ready. And that's why what is going on in this season is preparation. We, the, the handout required for you to pass the course of life is what we are putting together to hand over to you. So that you can understand that when it's time that the whistle is blown, you are not looking for the button to take. You are not looking for your track to run. You already know your way and you know how to get there. Glory to God. And so every time a particular teaching is done in a local assembly, it's the emphasis of the Holy Spirit. It is to build them up into inheritance so that they can know what the mind of God is for them and the tools they need to get what God wants them to get. If I came here to talk about the ministry of angels, that's another thing entirely. If I came here to talk about the name of Jesus, but that I'm talking about the person who is going to guide you into all truth. It tells you something. It tells this church, Lecky, something. You know, the Bible calls the Holy Ghost the Lord of the harvest. So it means that every time you see the harvest, the Holy Ghost showed up there. The Lord of the harvest is not only for this church, man of God, but it's also in your life. Whenever there is famine, you need the Lord of the harvest to show up. Tonight, I want you to follow me very closely. Because I come with a very simple word, but a very prophetic word. Are you ready? So let's start with what I call the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. As someone on the sound of my voice, you're having a difficulty in your job. It's looking as though you're deciding either to leave the job because there are rumors about your competence in that organization. And it's beginning to bother you. So it's either I resign before they let me go, what do I do? The word of the Lord is saying to you tonight, before the third quarter of this year, you would have gone three times promotion. And it doesn't mean it has to be that same job. But an opportunity would open up for you. Glory to God. So let's start right now. Are you ready? Ready for the word? All right, let's get into the word right now. I love the word. Somebody say, I love the word of God. Acts chapter 1 and verse 18. I want to teach you how to live a successful Christian life with the help of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8, pardon me. Acts 1 verse 8. I like the person on the... I, I, I mean, pa, 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 that's very smart. I like that. All right. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the new. One, two, ready, go. Alright, look, look at this. Let's read the scripture this way. Let's start from here, from Anne, all the way down. And then once we are done from reading it all the way down, we start from the first one, from both. All the way to you. Can we do that? Alright, let's do that. One, two, ready and go. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But... So it means that for you to be witnesses for me, you need power. You need the Holy Ghost to come upon you before you can witness for me. Just because you desire to witness doesn't mean you have the power to witness. In other words, desire is not enough in this kingdom. Just because you desire to have a good Christian life, just because you desire to be successful does not say or mean you will be successful. Desire is good. It's the meeting point to go towards it, but it's not all that it requires to get it. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come. So it means that what happens to you as a believer is that the Holy Spirit then brings something extra to your life, which is the power that makes you to get to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and also all to the ends of the earth. But there's one thing to note there. It says, the Holy Spirit will do what? Come upon you. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what happens to you is that you get a power, dunamis, that helps you to be witnesses. Now, I'll give you an example for this. Let me ask, um, please come. Fine boy, pastor. Please come. Watch this. Just imagine this is power. Well, I don't want to use handkerchief because, but let me just use it. Just imagine this is power and don't carry this in just explanation. And I say that the way he is right now, I say carry it. Just try and act like you cannot carry it. Don't show yourself that you can carry it. So just try and act like it. All right. He can't carry it. Now, I give him power, then carry it, but don't carry it. Then he can carry it. Now, let me ask you a question. What made him carry it? Him? Was it him? It was the unseen thing that was working. Now, once I want to reward him for carrying it, who do I give it to? Him or the unseen thing? Him. So, the boasting of the reward we get is towards us or to God. To us. But who is doing the inner workings of it? The power there. Now, just imagine this. Imagine you don't have this guy and you have the goal to carry this thing. What happens to you? You'll be trying to carry. It's frustration. Frustration. Is this thing up for grabs? Is it up to be carried? But why can't it carry? Why? Until something stay there. Until something else lands on him, then it can carry. If that thing doesn't land, it cannot carry. Now, we know in physics, hold on, sir. We know in physics, physics that power is the ability to do work. Right? So, power, another word for power is might. Another word for power is strength. Another word for power is force or reinforcement. So, when the Bible says 
and you shall receive power. The power there is not boxing ring. He's saying you will receive force, you will receive strength, you will receive might, you will receive dynamis. So power is not just ashangri. It means you will receive everything required to carry. Are you hear what I'm talking about there? Glory to God. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. Listen, God has never designed us to do life by ourselves. I tell you the truth. You know why? If you read through scriptures, you realize that God wants all the praise to go to him. So every time it is you that did it, it doesn't give glory to him. So he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But you'll be witnesses to me in Judea. Now, if you are in this room and you can pray in the Holy Ghost and you are filled with the evidence of praying in the Holy Ghost and you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to ask you a question. Now, is the power coming upon you? Do you already have it? Come, believers, talk to me. Do you have it? All right, let me tell you the greatest frustrations of believers is that they hear it with the years of the year. You know, Job said, I've heard of you with the years of my year, but now I see you. It means that it can remain theology until the real impact is seen in your life. Now, this is the biggest problem, and I tell you the truth. The biggest challenge of believers is that the concept of the Holy Ghost that they know is only the Holy Ghost that enables them to pray in tongues. Listen, some of you might say, well, not me, but I tell you the truth. That has been the most heightened part of the Holy Ghost we have seen in the body of Christ. The Holy Ghost that only helps you to rokotombo, ranteleleta. But there are many things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. There are many things. One of which is that Jesus said it very clearly. He says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. Now watch this. Watch. You know when people, because what you think about a subject matters. You can't go to a chemistry exam and because you are very good with physics, you are now solving chemistry with physics. You're going to fail. Even though you know the matter of physics very well, but you bring it to chemistry, you're still going to fail. This is the problem for many believers. It's that the ideology we have about what Jesus said of the Holy Spirit is not balanced. So when the Bible says, I'm going to send you a comforter, or I'm not going to leave you comfortless, what many people are thinking is that the Holy Spirit is there for you when you are going through a tough time. And that's correct. That's correct. But if you go to if you were living somewhere at Ajangbadi in a one-bedroom apartment and you were 25 people in that house, one bedroom, and you sleep at night, right? And before you sleep, one leg is here, you just hook, you know, sleep like hooking, you just hook there because everybody sleeps like sardine in a one-bedroom. When you wake up in the morning, your body will be pinning you, aching you and all of that in that one-bedroom. But if you go to Bujarara, the, uh, the Emiratis guys 
give you a very nice holiday and say, take one week and go to Bujarab, the best presidential room, and sleep there one night. The moment you enter into that door and you see the bed and you jump on the bed, bam! How do you feel? Comfort. So the Holy Spirit, when we say is a comforter, is not the only spirit to only be there when you are going through a talk and say, hey, yeah, beleo, beleo, sorry, sorry. No, it means that with him, you have comfort. Are you hear what I'm talking about? You have comfort. You can sleep on that bed. Are you know that? Do you know that if you sleep on some kind of bed, you wake up early? Oh, yeah. The reason why some of you wake up, that dream is not the devil. Just change the bed. They are better than they are better. I, I think when we're in Paris, my wife and I, Paris or Italy, one of the two. What was I experiencing? Comfort. Comfort. Because comfort is good. God is not anti-comfort, though. Listen, believers, God is not saying, I go see and I go show you, say, I go punish you first. After 29 years, I will now turn your captivity. No, listen, glory to God. God made everything. Look at what He said, and He said it was good. Glory to God. So the Holy Spirit, seen as a comforter, you see, when you begin to see some things in your life that doesn't go the path in which it's to go. You then begin to question. Are you getting what I'm talking about there? So the Holy Spirit there, for you being a comforter, is not the only person because many people think it's only when you have a problem that the Holy Spirit shows up and says, sorry, I'm here for you. Don't worry. I know you are going through this tough time. You know, I'll, I'll be there for you. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit gives you comfort. And comfort roundabouts. Glory be to God. So tonight, I want to teach you again what you have known about the Holy Spirit. That's why I said it's a simple message, but just very simple. What you have known about the Holy Spirit, but in a different perspective. Are you ready now? Remember, what we are trying to do here is to ensure that this handkerchief that gives you the capacity to carry, you really understand the work of the handkerchief. So it's not just there, because, you know, it can be there and you are not doing anything with it. The handkerchief can be there. You have the power to carry, but you're just looking at it. You're not doing anything with it. But it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. If somebody else comes and knows what to do, he will carry it before you first. May what is your own not be taken from you? And you must understand that life is in seasons. Oh yes, life is in seasons. Glory be to God. Are you ready? So let's look at a few things about the Holy Spirit. Number one, he is our comforter. How many of you want to live a, a powerful Christian life? A successful life? Let's, let's teach this thing one after the other. Number one is our comforter. John chapter 14 and verse 18, we see right there, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. In the times of discouragement, it's always there. It's always there. Let me tell you something. When we were growing up, I'm sure this happened to many of us. You're growing up maybe at the age of five, seven, in the night, you see your shadow, you do like this, little like this, 
And many of us were acting with it. Right? So anything you do, it does with you. It's like do as I do. I say do as I do. Anything he does, it does with you. Right? Because the shadow, as long as it is dark, is always there. It's always there. So also the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what. The Holy Spirit has never gone on sabbatical before. I'll explain something about the spiritual for you in a moment. The way the spiritual world operates is by awareness. By awareness. I tell you, if you go look at the people in the occult. If you want to perform any ritual or magic or something, they would give you certain things and they would actually make some incantations. And when you begin to make that incantations, those incantations is to help you bring into your consciousness that there is a power that is able to do what you are saying you want from them. They bring it to your consciousness. Why? The moment you are making those incantations, you become aware that if you want blood money, for example, and I'm not talking to people here, you become aware that it is possible that that blood money can come because of the gods you are calling consciousness. It's the same way as believers, it's the consciousness. Jesus did not go and look for a scripture when the devil came to him and said, if you are Christ, turn this stone to bread. It's for, from his consciousness, he said to him, you shall not tell the Lord thy God. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone, pardon me, but by every word, consciousness. And so, the problem why many people do not work effectively with the Holy Spirit is because we know it's there, but we are not conscious. We've not trained our senses. We've not trained our minds to know that he is always there. Oh yes, I know you now. We've not trained our minds to know that he is always there because he is always there. It's a consciousness. Oh yeah, I remember one time this was like three years ago. I went for a meeting with, <laughs> with one of my clients that I was working with um, Globalcom then. And so it was our um, agency that was running the account. And I was just fresh out of school, burning for God, on fire for God. And so I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, when you go to some, then no, when you go to an organization, um, once you enter, the, in the boardroom, the chair in front, the one in the middle, you know, is for the chair, the chairperson of the meeting. I didn't know. And the person who was supposed to chair the meeting was the then chairman, uh, no, not chairman, head of marketing for Global Company Africa. So we went for that meeting. I was the last guy. I was rookie. I mean, I was just new. So we went for that meeting. Everybody sat down. So there was only one chair left. And the other had not come. So me, I just took it, I just opened it in. And I sat down. My boss, all the way there, just shouted, Shola! I was like, what happened? I sat down. Sat up, sat up, sat up. What's going on? So, I went back to sit. But you know what the Holy Spirit told me? I will never forget it. He said, what you had on your inside was the desire that made you sit on that place. The Holy Spirit prompts your heart sometimes. You see, ah, how do I explain this? What you have seen on your inside, when opportunities come to reflect it, you just show it. So all along, I'd always seen myself as the head. That's why when I came to that place, 
I wasn't looking at, I didn't see any big deal. I just sat down there as they had the Holy Spirit. When you walk with him, it begins to show you pictures and images of possibilities of who you ought to be and you should be. But it's a consciousness. It's a consciousness. And if you don't have that consciousness, you're just going to be living life struggling. You'll be talking to the air and you say you're talking to the Holy Spirit. One of the best things you can do as a believer is to actually say, Holy Spirit, I know you hear me. Have you noticed why Jesus would always pray and say, Father, why did, was, he trying to, was he trying to repeat himself to God? Father, I know you always hear me. Why is he saying that? The word himself. The word himself. The one that created everything that we see. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word. Why, did, why was he saying it? Why was he asking people who the man said that I am? Consciousness. Consciousness. You bring to remembrance. That's one of the work of the Holy Spirit. He brings to your remembrance. It's a consciousness. And listen, believers, you must practice that act of meditating about the relationship with the Holy Spirit. You must practice it. You just always think about it. Somebody, when I come for meetings like this, I'm always just conscious. Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? When I meet people outside, when I shake people, my, my spirit is not, my spiritual God is not down. Let me tell you something in your life. Never had a, never in your life have a day where your spiritual gods are down. My spiritual gods are heightened. Because when I meet man, scripture says, know you no man after the flesh. When I meet men, I want to know, I want to know. May you not give your business due to your enemy. And so you're just conscious, consciousness. But it's a practice. You practice it. Glory to God. Let me teach you guys. Can I come down, media? No, that's, that's um, media, media. Can I come down? If, it's, if I have to stay here, I can come down. You're sure? I don't want it dark. I can come down. Okay, sir. If I fall down, it's Pastor Laddy. All right, watch this now. No, 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 no. Leave it for me. I'll, I'll still go back up. Let me teach you something. Thank you, Jesus. One of the things that you should do is an act of meditation. You know what God said to um, Joshua? He says, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but you shall meditate upon it. What? Then you may observe to do all that is therein. After you've done that, you would have what? Good success. Now, what's the anchor point of everything there is the meditation part? What is meditation? The act of reminding yourself of what you've heard and what you know. That's meditation. I'll give you an example. How did I get conscious about the presence of the Holy Spirit? People tell me, yes, when you come to meetings, how do you always know what to preach? How do you always know what song to sing? How do you always know what things to say? Even in my house sometimes, with my wife, we're just talking. I'm just lost in thoughts. I'm just, you see, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. We'll never graduate the school of faith. You'll never graduate from it. So you go be with the Lord. You will never, that's why it says we must pay attention to the things that we've known lest it slips. The consciousness of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes you just go, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. I see you. I hear you. I know you. I walk with you. Just stay there sometimes. He leads me beside the still waters. 
it restores my soul. One of the things I do when I'm worshiping God, there's no song you are singing, I'm just singing. Majesty, majesty, your grace has found me just as I... Many people sing songs, their heart is far from what they are saying. Let me teach you the powerful principle of worship. The powerful principle of worship is found in the act of how the 24 elders and the angels do with God. That every time they lift up their head and they see another side of him, they bow their head. Meaning that they saw and they bowed. Are you hear what I'm saying? Until they see, they could not bow. If they stopped seeing, they would not bow. So the act of meditation must be seen even in your worship. So when you say, majesty, you are not just singing it vaguely with your mouth. You are thinking of something that represents his majesty. You see, this is how we gain ascension in the spirit. I'm telling you the truth. This is how we gain ascension. This is how where, where spiritual things now becomes real to us. Because in that moment of saying majesty, you see, if you say majesty and you think about the Jesus, who is now the glorified Jesus? You say, Majesty, and you think about the two swords coming out of his mouth. What's it make you say your grace? When you say your grace has found me just as I am, you are saying it with the consciousness of being backed. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You're not just singing. People just sing, there are no words. There's no... It's good to do that. But the best way to do that is to create images in your mind when you worship him. Did I help somebody there? Let's take one song. Let's practice it. Can we? Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Lift your hands. Woo! And nothing in this world. What do you see? Jesus, oh. Sing your presence. Karamanta lagabaya. Sing your presence. Let me ask you a question. When you did that consciously, what did you see? How did you feel? It's a different awareness. That's the same way you do with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll show you something about the Holy Spirit. PL, please come. Is somebody getting something here? Yes, you know, I, one of the things I find about believers is that they like deep teachings that they have not grown into understanding. But they like the sound of the depth of it. <laughs> if you never pass this one, you'll never be able to use... Some people, I, I tell you the truth, with all sense of humility, for some people here, some of the teachings on mountains of influence are not your curriculum right now. You see those foundational Christian doctrines that we have been doing? That's what you need to go and sit on. No matter how spiritual you are, Righteousness must be a course you'll take every single year. Yeah. 
the Holy Spirit. You see, those things are basic foundations on how your Christian life would be. So let me explain something to you about the Holy Spirit. The beauty of the Holy Spirit for you to accept that the Holy Spirit is really a person is for you to know that number one, even you, even you, you are not primarily a human being. You are a spirit. When you think about the fact that you are not really a, a human, which means 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body. So we know that man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. We are all spirits, all of us. All of us, we are spirits. The difference right here is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit. I call him the... So let me say that. But that's my own personal, but... <laughs> but you see, the Holy Spirit is also a spirit like you. You are a spirit. So it's actually, that's why we say, Father to child, spirit to spirit. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's not speaking to your air, your head, your mind. He's speaking to your spirit because it's spirit that sat deep things of God. Yeah, the deep things of God. So it's a spirit to spirit conversation. Now here's the thing. Everywhere you go, either you know it or not, it's spirit that is moving. So if I say, oh, hey, how are you? Someone calls me and say, oh, where are you now? I say, I'm in Germany. My spirit is in Germany. My spirit did not leave me in Nigeria to go to Germany. My spirit went to Germany with me. It's the same way the Holy Spirit is a spirit and it is a spiritual conversation. So this is how exactly it works. The Holy Spirit, the moment you gave your life to Christ, had to find a abode, a place to live. And that place was then inside of you. So the Spirit of the Lord is inside of you. It's not external of you. It's in two operations, like I said on Tuesday, yesterday. It is the Spirit upon you and the Spirit within you. So in other words, just imagine this is the Holy Spirit and this is me. He's in me and he's on me. So, Pastor, let me, I can't carry you, but let's try. If I fall down, I'm not coming back to this church. So, I won't carry you, trust me. Just put your hand. It's on me like this. And guess what? It's also in me. So everywhere I go to, can you see that? Even in the valley of the shadow of death, the Holy Spirit will not say, no, I know they, I know they go dark side. Though. No, run. Those people say, no, I'm not staying with you. Where are you going? You're at times I pit. Do you know that even when you get yourself into error, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, you got yourself there. No. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for what? For thou art with me. So, as a Christian, as a believer, every time you walk, you carry the Holy Ghost. Now, guess what? The Holy Ghost is the power that we saw there before. Strength, force, ability, might, that power. So, it's not external of you. It's inside of you and is on you. Glory to God. So let's try it one more time, Pierre. So I go this way. It's going everywhere with me. It's in me. It's on me. It's in me. It's on me. One of the ways I explained it to a few people the other time is that you know how you have your intestines and you can't see it. And you wear clothes and you can see it. That's exactly how the Holy Spirit is in you. 
is the unseen force in a man and the external force of a man. Write that down. The unseen force in a man, the external force of a man. The Holy Spirit is the unseen force in a man and the external force of a man. It's always with you. Oh, yes. It's always with you. Glory be to God. Somebody shout, I can never be stranded. I might look stranded, but I can't be stranded. Thank you. The number one I said is what? Comforter. Somebody say, I have a comforter. And it's the Holy Spirit. You remember the image of the comforter I said there? It's not somebody that only brings tissue to you and say, yeah, but let clean your eyes. Oh. It does that when they have, that has to happen, but it creates opportunity for your comfort. Are you getting what I'm saying? If finances bring comforts to you, you have a comforter that will create opportunities for your comfort. If healing brings comfort to you, are you know what I'm talking about? It creates opportunities that brings your comfort to you. So the Holy Spirit brings comfort to you. The Holy Spirit is like Santa Claus that we go to meet during Christmas, but the difference is that he is not always occasional one. He's always with you. Every time. The devil doesn't want you to know certain things. So he wants you to know God on a level of shallowness that amounts to nothing in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, wow. All right, I need to begin to wrap up now. Number two, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. Listen, I said it. These are very simple things you've heard before. It's your counselor. Let me teach you a big mystery about the Holy Spirit. And the word counselor there is dual fold. Listen to me now. You know, the image of Society, location, association, frames your understanding of God. Yeah. The way someone in the West and the way someone in Africa sees God, if you have a conversation, they are different. In the West, they understand, I'm telling you the truth, they understand what it means, the love of God, love. In Africa, we understand the warfare of God. But what God wants us to know is the robust total side of him. Not just the love, but also the warfare. Glory to God. So when you think about counselor, what comes to many people's mind is a table, a desk, a chair, and there's somebody that will come, you sit down, then they will bring out the file and write something and say, like a doctor that prescribes drugs. Say, we are going through this problem, Abby. But think about this. If the Holy Spirit as a believer is in you, eh, and you enter into a problem, the word counselor there means that, yes, you entered into it, but it will cancel you out of it, even though it seems as though it was the one that led you into it. Let me explain what it means. You felt that the Holy Spirit wanted you to start a business, and you obeyed God. And you started that business. And that business crashed. And you know you had God. Or you felt like the Holy Spirit wanted you to marry somebody or date somebody. And you went ahead to date the person. 
and eventually the relationship of a God. Now, many people who that happened to, not everyone, but many people, they heard God. Oh, yeah. Some people now begin to doubt. You know, things that happen in your life, the devil uses it. If you don't close that gap, he uses it as a foothold to doubt God. So also, when the opportunity of your breakthrough comes, because you have had an experience before that makes you question if you heard God or not, when that opportunity comes, you start questioning everything. Oh, maybe it's not really God this time. Oh, that's how God, especially when it comes to major life decisions. Let me tell you something. I said in the Kedja on Tuesday, our life is a life of faith. We prophesy by faith. We pray for the sick by faith. We walk by faith. Everything is by faith. Let me teach you something. Some of you might not know this, but I tell you the truth because pastors won't tell you. There are times where I'm ministering like this, for those who are called to ministry, there are times when I'm ministering like this and I want to pray for someone. Sometimes I just see a signal where my heart is being drawn to that person. The moment I say, hello, God told me, the moment I'm saying that sometimes, I have not even known what God is saying. But the moment I open, the Bible says, open your mouth and I will feel it. So the moment I start saying it, that's when inspiration now comes. I tell you the truth. You see, when you plan to walk with God by seeing everything to take steps, you are never going to get the benefit of working with God. In fact, it is in the wisdom of God that it takes, because you see, that's why God will never show a man the totality of their life. He will never show you everything, how your dressing one is going to be, than how you are going to be when you are old. He never shows you. Because if he shows you everything, then he removes faith from your life. And the moment faith is taken, you can't please God. You can't please God anymore. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's in the wisdom of God, he puts puzzles in your life that keeps making you follow him. It's called total dependency on him. Are you getting what I'm saying? For you to cross to another level, you will need me. So this is what God does. You get to a stream, and then it's so wide, but it's on the other side. So he says, jump and meet me there. I say, I can't jump. No, no, no. He says, jump and meet me there. But here is the clue. Whenever he tells you to jump, he has made that water to become land. You will be seeing water with your natural eyes, but with him, it is land. So when you think, ah, I jump and pass that thing, it's a lie. He didn't jump and pass anything. It was land already. You just walked past. Oh my goodness, did you hear what I said there? That's the life of faith. So it's in the wisdom of God. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is the pioneer of faith. We are. He's the one that tells you what to do and gives you the boldness to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Is somebody getting something here? So he's our counselor. You go through those tough issues, you get it right there. And right there is with you. It's the same person pulling you out. See, some of those business decisions that you heard that it was God, I tell the truth, some of them was God. Now, why did this bad thing then happen to me if it was God? Does it mean that God then let me? Or does it mean, let me tell you something. Joseph could not fulfill destiny if he did not go to the deep of the pits. Amen? I used to say this over and again. Listen, the Bible says about Jonah, Jonah. Because some people say, why did Jonah? Jonah. The Bible says in Nineveh, they took him when he was going, they threw him inside the water and he was inside the belly of a fish for three days. 
when Jesus was coming, they needed, Jesus needed to explain about what was going to happen to him, to the people. But listen, in those days, they were used to one thing. They were used to farming agriculture. That's why whenever Jesus was teaching with them, he was using things in society that they could relate to to convert his teaching material to them so that they could understand in context what he was trying to say with them or to them based on the things in their environment. So when Jesus was going to explain to them about him dying three days and being dead for three days and coming back, there was nothing physically at that time he could use. So he had to go back and refer to Jonah. He says, so as Jonah in the belly of the fish, the son of man would die three days and resurrect. At that moment, their life bulb moment came. They could understand and relate that, oh, now I see the way Jonah was in the belly of three, in the fish for three days and eventually came out. That's exactly how Jesus would resurrect. So in other words, do you know that, could it be that the real purpose of Jonah was to be a reference point for Jesus? The real, the real totality of why Jonah featured in the Bible was for him to just be a reference point that Jesus would use as a teaching material for his ministry. It's the same way. Some of you enter into that pit. It's not the devil. You are a reference point. That's why the Bible says, for the comfort you have received, then we will comfort others. I'm telling you the truth. You think that, you think that somebody who is in the prison now will come and talk to any of you and you will understand it. You say, I get how you are feeling, but you don't get. But if Joseph is in this room and they come, they would, he, would under, he will know what to tell the person because he has gone through it before. So the counselor can cancel you into certain things but take you out of it himself. Are you following what I'm talking about there? Somebody say, I hear God. I don't doubt that, you know. And I think I want to attack that by the spirit right here. Hiramanda fatu gahaida. Sufredi. Some of you are doubting what you have heard. You've heard God. You've seen him before. Now just because it seems as though the decision didn't work out well, you think you didn't hear God. Listen, Christ is both the wisdom and the power of God. Shout it very loud. I hear the voice of God. I know his voice. Say it loud. There's no mistake in him. So my life would never record one mistake. Because in God, it is never mistake, it's reroute. You know, there are two different things. There is mistake, there is reroute. If you use the GPS, if you go to a road that is blocked, and you want to change, even though you turn like this, it will say what? Rerouting. It will get you to the destination eventually. Yes or no? It will get to the destination. So the destination is what matters. The route is God's. You see, when you have that consolation, the devil will not trouble you. You stop disturbing your life. You stop buying anointing oil for 100K. You say, so why did the Holy Spirit not tell me before I made that business decision and it now failed? I don't know. But I also know that if you want to have six-pack, you have to go through the pain, to go to the gym, because Christ learned obedience through the things that he suffered. This Christianity that everything just come and take, just come and take, it's not really God, though. 
know, there is really in the spiritual called the act of waiting. God teaches you patience in that process. You will see glory in front, but you will not enter yet. I'm telling you. Some of these things, is when you start worshipping God, you will understand it. When you bow before him in worship, it will be the, God will be the one telling you that I'm the one on that, I'm the one doing you, but in the right way. Hey, I don't know. Has it ever happened to you? You can see the season, but you can't touch it. And you know it's not any demonic thing. You just know that he's teaching you. There are certain things you are taking to that phase. He wants to yank off you. He wants to remove it. That pride, because I mean, I'm not a proud person. No, that statement is a statement of pride. So he wants to kill it first. I'm telling you the truth. Because, you see, if God, imagine if Jesus became contaminated. You know, we, have all, we are all dead. So some people's calling requires that level of consecration. And God doesn't mind you staying 30 years to get it. Because if you enter into that place of influence, you will corrupt the whole process and God will have to start again. So God is not in a hurry. He got times and seasons in his hands. You are the one that has no time. He doesn't have time. It's not bound in time. In the realm of the spirits, there are no time. No, there are no times. There are only seasons in the spirit. There's no time. God is not looking at his 8 o'clock now. No, 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 no. There's no 9 o'clock in heaven. There's no 10 o'clock in heaven. There's no 11 o'clock in heaven. You are the thing. And let me tell you something. Because there is no time, he can switch the deadly time and make it your time. So every time is when God says it's now time. That's when it's time. So Farabale, that's why we must enter into rest. It's not just adversity. Everybody's just panicking. Ah, you know that 2023 is already going. When people say, you know one of the things I hated the most two years ago was post-COVID. When people say, post-COVID, I say, Kilonja, off this thing. Kilonja, post-COVID. Now I understand what we're saying. Say the new world order will change. The new, you that you have never, we, we, it all happened to us. You that you have not even experienced it. Motivational people, they cashed out from everybody. All the courses you did, no, all the courses you did that day, how market? People were taking people would take biometrics, people would take electrical chemical. They say now is there's this one. People just taking course. People even went to learn how to fight boxing, just in case they say that it's um, aliens that will come after three weeks. So what is going on here? Post-COVID. Ah, motivation is cash out needs. Courses, people they're not taking courses. What is going on here? My only post-COVID. Is the Holy Spirit. See, one with God is always a majority. Let me say something about the spirit to business owners. Don't make any decision because everybody is doing it. I'm touching something about the spirit now to somebody. That decision, because everybody's doing it, let me quickly enter it. It might be a, your biggest asset is the voice of God. It might look the best thing to do, but if it says don't, they might even be making money and you'll be thinking they are stupid. During COVID, I was going to make a similar mistake. Somebody had called me for a job. I've shared this story before. To become the CEO of a company. Big company. They were going to give me a car. They were going to get me a house. Big. I went for the first presentation. We put it together. Pa, pa, pa. When they saw the presentation, they were like, boy. They started calling me. Oh, yeah, come and collect this thing. Let's start. They only wanted me to be the face of the organization because of integrity. They just wanted me to be the face of the organization. I would just, they were going to set up the office in the Kedja anywhere I wanted. I was going to get staff, employ as many people. They had money. They had money. Serious money. 
I'd even told Dr. K, ah, this is the company, you know. In my mind, I was thinking, ah, my poor, our plans, church, money. Every time I prayed about it, I feel a restraint to do it. I just feel this restraint in my heart. I don't think I should take this thing. Then guess what? The biggest enemy, like the Bible says, are your fellow housemates. Some of my team members there that we did the presentation together said, yes, how far? Ah, how far? One of them would say, I can't be the friends. If you don't, I just felt the restraint. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened eventually. COVID then happened. After COVID, I met the person who were doing, we were talking say, ah, Shola, God saved you. He said, if you took that thing, everybody that started that line of business, this was the person that was calling me to do the business, though, that they were going to drop serious thousands of dollars. He said, if you took that thing, maybe now you'll be on Insta blog like this. They said, the pastor of the new holds thousands of, thousands of men, not thousands of souls. That means if I can't do Instagram like this. Insta blog. I know those ones. They'll go and get some of my videos. When I was saying, their name, can you see? Already, we have come for him. He said, can you see? We have come for him finally. But the Holy Ghost exempted me from a den. I would have been nothing. I would have been nothing it. Because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. And because it's not popular doesn't mean it's not right. You follow the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I follow. I follow. If he moves like this, I move like this. If he goes backward, I go. May you not be ahead of his voice. And may you not be too far away that you can't hear it again. Somebody shout, I hear his voice. I'll take just one more and I have to close. I wanted to give us 17. But I can only do three. 17. I should go on. I don't know. No, no, no. If you want more, come for the video. You know there's a video this Friday. If you don't come for that video, I will not come to this church. Like all these island people. Wait, island people, honestly, there are no demons on the mainland. Island people is like, once you cross over to this side, many of you guys don't like to come to the mainland. Honestly, we are not demons there. I tell you true to God. We are very loving people. We are very kind. Please come. There's traffic. There's more traffic here. The demons of traffic live here. They bought, they bought, they bought 100 square meter property here. Every morning they wake up and carry their bag. They have their bags and go to work. The demons of traffic. They say, you, you never finish. You never bad finish. Come, Jomo, they go. You, 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 you. Go to Aja Axis. Mm, you, you, you. Lucky phase one. Mm, I don't do lucky phase one. I don't tire for that place. I've jumped back all of them. Okay, you go to Igbefon. That's how they dispute themselves. The Lord's of the traffics. May the Lord help you people. Come for this retreat, um, this video. Final one I'll just give you. Which final one should I give you here? Alright. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know you are here, moving in your power. 
I know you are here, precious Holy Spirit. I know you are here. You are here to bring revival. I know you are here, precious Holy Spirit. I see you are here, mighty moving fire. I know you are here, moving in your power. I see you are here, you are here for signs and wonders. I know you are here. Your precious Holy Spirit, I hear your voice moving in a I see your hands, precious Holy Spirit, I know you are here. You are here to bring revival. I know you are here. Precious souls. Holy Spirit, thou art reverence in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art reverence in this place. Omnipotent Father, have mercy and grace. Have reverence in Come, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire. Oh, consume me, consume me in your presence. Lord, I surrender to your glory. And I see Jesus seated upon the throne. I see his angels descending everywhere. I, uh, I see the Spirit teaching us to be. Hallelujah to the Lamb, to the Lamb upon the throne. 
I see Jesus. I I see his angels ascending everywhere. I see the Spirit teaching us to pray. time to see you Begin to minister to the Lord in your songs. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. 
Keramanga Faraday. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.